Welcome back, everybody, to the Parsha Power Podcast, part of the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. My name is Rabbi Ari Wolby. I apologize. The past several weeks, I unfortunately wasn't feeling well and wasn't able to produce the podcast weekly as I would typically want to do. I hope to continue to produce these on a weekly basis. And if you have any questions and or comments, you're welcome to reach out to me at awolby at torchweb.org. That's A-W-O-L-B-E at T-O-R-C-H-W-E-B dot O-R-G. Okay, so this week's Parsha is Parsha's Yisro. Very, very powerful, important Parsha. I want to just give you five points to think about in this coming week's Torah reading. So the name of this week's Parsha is Yisro, obviously for the name of Moshe's father-in-law, Yisro. But if we look at the entire Parsha, it really is astounding that the giving of the Torah, the Ten Commandments, the revelation of the Almighty at Mount Sinai is actually in this week's Torah portion. And of all the portions of the Torah, for it to be specifically placed in the portion where it's named after, at the point, a non-Jew who hadn't yet converted yet. He converted somewhere in along this week's Parsha. But it really is astounding. And plus, we don't have any type of portion named any of the portions, any of the 54 portions of the Torah. None of them are named for Moses. None of them are named for Aaron, etc., etc. So why specifically in this portion is the Torah given? So our sages tell us that if you look at the first word of the parsha, it's Vayishma Yisro. And Yisro heard. He got the message. And not only he got the message, he put it into action. And that is the most fundamental lesson every single Jew needs to to encapsulate when we are observing the Torah, when we are listening to the Almighty's messages through his Torah, through his teachings. It is that we need to take it to heart. We shouldn't just be a concept, an idea, a very nice story, but rather to put it right into action. My grandfather would say that people were reading the local uh, New York Times or whatever local paper, the uh, Egyptian Times, and just reading uh, Midian Times and uh, just uh, reading through what is going on in the news. And they see, oh, the Jewish people, they're slaves in Egypt, 10 plagues, as Moses described, would happen, happened, etc., etc. And then you have the splitting of the sea. So everyone reads it and it's like, huh, that's very interesting. It's a nice, nice uh, coincidence or a nice occurrence that is happening. Yisro saw more than that. He looked into it and saw, he said, wow, I want to be part of this. I'm not just going to sit on the side and read it like a typical news article. I want to be part of these people. And that's the first lesson is we have to hear the message and apply it immediately. The second thing is that when it talks about Yisro converting when he was convinced, it says, yadati. Now I know. We've said this numerous times in our classes that emuna, faith, belief in God, we don't use such terms in Judaism. It's other religions that use the idea of a leap of faith or having a belief. We have knowledge. And we see that Yisra only confirmed his commitment to the Almighty in Judaism, in converting to Judaism, when he knew, when it was clear to him, it was knowledge, was when he was able to point with his finger and say, Ze Eli van Veyu, this is my God, and I will glorify his name. And that's, I think, the second important message is to learn from Yisro to have clarity, to investigate, to have a concrete knowledge of Hashem's existence. The third point that I want to discuss briefly here is Moshe himself served and greeted Yisro. And I think it's a very important and special trait that we need to learn from. 
you know, there was a story told about someone who was visiting the Chafetz Chaim. The Chafetz Chaim was already in his 90s. And as the story goes, as I heard it, was that the Chafetz Chaim himself was preparing the guest's bedspread, putting together all the linen and preparing it for the guest. And of course, the guest felt uncomfortable. The Chafetz Chaim, the holy legendary sage, is preparing my bed for me. It, it He felt uncomfortable. And the Chafetz Chaim says, I have the mitzvah to welcome guests into my home of Hachnasas Archim. I have that mitzvah, just like Abraham served his guests himself, so too I want to serve my guests myself. Moshe exemplifies this as well. His father-in-law, he hears, is waiting outside the camp. Moshe himself, he doesn't send messengers. He doesn't send one of his uh, runners to go bring him in, tell him I said it's okay. Moshe himself gets up and then it says that Aaron and all of the elders and all of the, the leaders of the Jewish people and then the entire Jewish people come and follow Moshe to greet his father. And I think that that's something we need to understand how important it is for us when we invite a guest into our home, for us to greet them, for us to walk them out, for it to be our task, if you're the father or the mother or the, or the, or the children, to feel part of this mitzvah of Hachnasasorch and welcoming guests into our homes, to do it ourselves and not to rely on other people to do it for us. The fourth idea I would like to discuss is the idea of preparation. God commands Moshe, tell the Jewish people that in three days I'm about to reveal myself to the Jewish people. They should prepare themselves. Two days, one day, the next day we're about to stand at Mount Sinai and Moshe is reminding the people, let's prepare ourselves. We have to be ready. We cannot expect to just miraculously be inspired, to miraculously have a connection to any mitzvah. For example, Shabbos. Shabbos is the holiest day of the year, and it comes every single week. But it doesn't just come that someone will feel the holiness, the connection of Shabbos. We have to prepare ourselves, whether it's preparing our homes, it's preparing our minds, preparing our families, obviously preparing food, is we get into the frame of mind of getting ready for this incredible day. Every single mitzvah that we do, let's stop before we perform the mitzvah and think about what we're about to do. We're about to sanctify God's name. We're about to bring God into our existence, into our world. With every single mitzvah, we need to stop and think for a moment. There's a special prayer that people say, L'shem yichud kuchu They say a special prayer before performing a mitzvah to bring their mind, to bring their focus properly onto the mitzvah they're about to perform. And the last part I want to talk about for this week's parsha is when the Jewish people are asked, as the Midrash tells us, that all of the nations, all of the leaders of all of the nations, we had Moshe Rabbeinu as our prophet, but all the nations had their prophets. They were asked whether or not they want to receive the Torah. And they all asked, well, what's in it? What does it entail? When a man and a woman get engaged, hopefully the question in the proposal isn't, well, what's in it for me? What am I, right? Well, let me see that ring. Let me examine it. it. Hopefully the question is because there is this trust, because there is this love, there is this bond, we say absolutely yes. What will happen later? I don't know what will happen later. We'll find out later. And that was the Jewish people's approach, which was why it was unique. The Jewish people said, we will do and we will listen. We'll listen later. We'll get all the details later, all of the conditions. We'll find that out later. But right now, it's all about the love. It's all about the the connection that we want to have 
in this relationship with the Almighty. And that, I think, is a very, very special thing. We have to realize that our relationship with God needs to be, we need to feel how real it is. It really, it's incredible. It's amazing that we are in a a marriage-like relationship with the Almighty. We expand on this in many other classes. We talk about how we do that and how we defend God's honor as we would our own family members. We honor the Almighty in every mitzvah that we perform. What we want to do is bring that closeness, that connection as much as possible into our lives. So my dear friends, have a great Shabbos. I apologize for the previous weeks that we missed. Hopefully in the future we won't miss any more podcasts on the Parsha. Have a terrific Shabbos and please don't hesitate to reach out. Have a great Shabbos.